Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, top tech YouTuber and Model S owner Marquez Brownlee, aka MKBHD, stops by to talk about his Tesla life, as well as the recent Model S plaid news. Plus, automotive teardown expert Sandy Monroe sits down with Elon Musk, a new Tesla semi-prototype is spotted in the wild, and more. Greetings, friends. Ryan McCaffrey hanging out with you alongside Deezy the Boxer for episode 288 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for February 7th, 2021. It's going to be a fun show. There is a lot of fun stuff. Stay tuned for the Marquez Brownlee conversation right after the news block. I'll put the time code for that in the episode description if you'd like to skip right to that. If this happens to be your first episode of the show because you came in to hear the Marquez interview, I hope you'll stick around, maybe come back to the beginning of the episode here because there's plenty of Tesla news to cover this week, including a new Elon interview, which I'll get to momentarily. In fact, between all the Tesla news this week and the Marquez interview, there's so much to get to that there will not be time for the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, but I encourage you, I invite you, please keep your calls coming to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Either record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, you can record it on your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline by calling it toll-free anytime. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Also, I should note, speaking of callers, the Patreon-exclusive bonus mini-episode is up for the month of February. If you happen to support me at the ludicrous tier or higher on Patreon, a dozen excellent calls are waiting for you in that episode. The callers are... And if you happen to hear your name and you're not backing me on Patreon at that tier, go ahead and email me. I just gave you the email address a minute ago, and I'm happy to give you a download token so that you can at least hear the response to your call on that episode. So Kaz from San Diego, Jim from Seattle, Michael from Los Gatos, Mike from Thailand, Nicholas from Albuquerque, Nash from Australia, Todd from Orlando, Ron from Nashville, John from Sacramento, Gabriel from Granada Hills, and John from Palo Alto. The topics this month, there was some good stuff. The Cybertruck going pencils down, talk more about that, which we heard about in the earnings call. Uh, Battery replacement with the structural pack and how that could work. The Model Y's pedestrian warning speakers, owning a Tesla in Thailand, CCS charging adapters, etc., etc. So look for that on Patreon. All right, with that, let's get to the Tesla news, starting with that new Elon interview with the great Sandy Monroe, the world-renowned automotive teardown expert. It's, an, it's, a, it's fun here because this is an interview between two people I've both had on my podcast, just not at the same time. Uh, Elon, back on episode 200, of course. Uh, he was my guest for an hour back on episode 200. And then Sandy Monroe, uh, not too long ago as well. I encourage you to listen to this entire interview on Sandy Monroe's channel. It's Monroe Live. If you go to youtube.com slash Monroe Live, and Monroe is spelled M-U-N-R-O, you can check out the full 48-minute face-to-face conversation 
that Sandy and Elon had in Boca Chica, Texas, down at uh, the SpaceX facility there. But I've got a few clips for you that I wanted to play, and we'll talk about each of these. So first up, talking about the early Model S seats. But, but there have been quite a few iterations. In fact, I mean, we, we've, the, the early Model S's had, I think, probably the worst seat of any car I've ever sat in. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I called it the, the stone toadstool. <laughs> it's like stone. if you wanted to sit on a stone toadstool, that yeah. was the early Model S seats. Um, now, if you sat on it for an, it better than, I guess, better than a stone toadstool, because if you sat on it long enough, eventually your, your body, your, your butt work. would win eventually. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> because your butt can repair itself and the seat cannot. Yeah. So eventually yeah. it would be like um, acceptably comfortable, but it would be a very difficult wear in process. Um, and so, we, we, you know, we, we, it's like we try to go from, okay, from stone toadstool to something that is just, um, I don't know, lap of luxury. It just feels great, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, that you can sit in for a long time and it doesn't, it doesn't it's, it's still comfortable. I expect many of you have not had the privilege, and yes, I'm using air quotes here sarcastically, of sitting in an original Model S seat. But if you have, you will probably get a, a kick out of Elon's comment right there. I have had that opportunity. I've actually had a lot of seat time in the original Model S seats. My cousin Pat in Arizona has an early 2013 Model S. And yeah, the seats aren't great. Uh, and really, more to the point, though, that is that Tesla's seats have come a long, long way. I mean, it's really night and day. And I'll tell you, I hear this from a lot of Model 3 owners. I know you you can't please everybody, right? Ergonomics is something where you, you can never please everyone. Bodies come in all shapes and sizes. I really, really like my Model 3 seats. I think the current S and X seats, well, current up until the, the refresh that none of us have sat in just yet, but uh, up until then, I think the S and X seats are a little better than the Model 3 and Model Y seats, and they probably should be for the price difference. But I really like my Model 3 seats, and what's interesting about it is it's yet another thing that Tesla has been able to make very rapid progress on by, by bringing it in-house and vertically integrating it. All right, second clip here. This is Elon uh, talking about casting. And, you know, this is, remember, this is Sandy Monroe. This is a guy whose whole thing is... The, the quality of assembly and the, the efficiency of assembly and manufacturing. So here's some, uh, here's some fun chat about casting parts for the cars. That's all right. I mean, I, at some point we will probably it. switch to a single piece casting, <clears throat> uh, but um, it, it, it's, it's like we, we, uh, we, we, I think we need to get the, probably the Texas factory and the Berlin factory going. Um, yeah. And uh, like we just need, we need a, like we do have an issue of like, it's, it's hard to change the wheels on the bus when it's going 80 miles an hour down the highway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, Model 3 is like most of our, or was most of our volume. Model Y will become, it will exceed Model, model 3. Yeah. Um, but it's just, we, we, we just need basically an opportunity to um, <clears throat> kind of re redo the factory without blowing up the cash flow of the company. Right. Yeah. Elon's talking about the Model 3 eventually getting the single-piece casting architecture that the Y is getting now in that clip. You know, at some point, there's going to have to be a fundamental redesign of the Model 3 under the skin in the same way that the Model Y is getting 
when it starts going into production in Texas and Berlin with the structural pack, the 4680 cells, the single-piece casting architecture. The question is, would another plant, another one of the Tesla Gigafactories, pick up the Model 3 production slack while Fremont retools to do that when the time comes? Or would Tesla simply stop producing the three for a chunk of a quarter or, I mean, I don't know how long it would take. I mean, could Shanghai send some cars to the U.S.? I mean, the three isn't and won't be built anywhere else anytime soon outside of Fremont and Shanghai. So, I mean, that's that's a bit of an interesting problem, a tougher one than the why, I think, because Texas can pick up the slack in North America for a while on the Model Y while Fremont retools for the structural pack and the 4680 cells. But the Model 3, there's not that second North American factory. So that's going to be really interesting to see how Tesla treats that problem. All right, next up, let's talk batteries, but not the kind that drive the car, the kind that power the accessories, the old 12-volt batteries. Also, like 12 volts. I mean, what are we still doing with 12 volts? 42 is where everybody should be, but... Uh, I think 48. Yeah. More 48, yeah. yeah. But, but at the end of the day, we, we, we need to do something. That'll, that'll reduce the wire diameters and stuff like that, and, yeah. and that's just nothing but cash in the bank. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that as well. I, oh, I think with, the, with the new SX, we're, also, we're, we're finally transitioning to a lithium-ion uh, 12 volt. Uh, so, oh, good. Yes. That's an excellent idea. Smaller box. It, it's got more, you know way more capacity, and and the 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 the, it, the, <clears throat> the calendar and cycle life match that of the of the main pack. Oh, cool. So we should have done it before now, but it's great that we're doing it now. This is also, like this is one of those like you know inside baseball victories. That's yeah. kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, like the twelve volts is like very much a vestigial voltage. Yeah, um, and. Uh, and it's like absurdly low. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, even like basically powered Ethernet is like around 50 volts. Yeah. Um, and so, so you can have like powered Ethernet. Nobody's like sweating at that. Like this is powered Ethernet, this like phone here. Um, nobody's worried about like powered Ethernet at like whatever, 40, 48, 50 volts. Um, that's, that's really what the, car, the, the car's low voltage system should be at. You know, the 12 volt battery in the Teslas is arguably a weak point in the design, but not through Tesla's fault. I mean, this is it's just sort of the way it's been and kind of needs to be for that application for the accessories of the car, which Elon more or less acknowledges there. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had to replace one 12 volt battery so far, although it was kind of under under extenuating circumstances. It was while it was at the service center, they were doing my my hardware three upgrades. So they probably just had the car, you know, sitting on. And I think I think that was sort of a weird situation. But anyway, the, 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 the more the scarier situation with the 12 volt battery, not scary, that's not the right word, but the let's say more inconvenient situation is there have been callers to this show who've had horror stories with it failing on road trips. So news that the S and the X, the new ones with the redesigned interior are going to switch to what should be a much more reliable lithium ion based 12 volt battery instead of the old school lead acid batteries in the cars now is really great news. Here's hoping that the three and the Y will not be far behind in that department. And you have to imagine as well that the Cybertruck is gonna start production with this lithium ion 12 volt in it, as well as all future vehicles 
uh, are going to be incorporating this from day one, if not something better than the than the 12 volt. I mean, you heard Elon there saying 48 would be the way to go. So look for that as a sort of uh, quite literally under the hood upgrade coming along for the new S and X and hopefully the rest of the fleet fairly soon. All right, the fourth and final clip I wanted to play from this is with regard to full self-driving. So Sandy Monroe got to test it out. A friend of the podcast, John from Tesla Owners Club Silicon Valley, uh, took took Sandy out while Sandy was passing through the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, to say that Sandy was impressed is quite the understatement. So here's Sandy talking to Elon about full self-driving. Are you gonna Are you gonna let anybody else have that? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we were gonna roll out the um, full self-driving to the whole fleet and make, make it available to the whole fleet. We're just being you know, very careful about the testing, um, uh, and um, I think there's actually sort of a dangerous uh, middle ground that we have to be careful of, where the the system is is good like 99.9% of the time, and and then that could lead people to be uh, complacent, and and then. Yeah. Uh, but then that one time where it's, it's got issues that, that you know, that we don't want people to basically, it, it can be so good that you, you get comfortable, but not, not necessarily good enough to handle all of the corner cases. Um, so we, we want to just make sure that in that transition to full self-driving, it's really, um, we're taking as much care as possible. Yeah. Curiously, Elon did not offer a timeline on when the full self-driving city streets will roll out to the fleet at large or even a new wave of beta testers. I'm kind of surprised he did not offer that there. I mean, I certainly believe him when he says that they're being really careful with it. I mean, Elon knows as well as anyone, and Sandy hit on this elsewhere in the interview, that the first crash a full self-driving car has is going to be stop the press's news everywhere. The Fudsters are going to come out in full force to try and drag the company down with it. So I wouldn't be surprised if the rollout of this ends up happening very, very deliberately, as in what, I'm, what I mean by that is many waves, many, many waves of new testers as Tesla gains more confidence in each build to the point where it's kind of quietly in most cars, even though it's just kind of been a beta rollout. So we'll see what happens. I am really, really eager to see it and try it for myself. So, again, four clips there from the Sandy Monroe chat with Elon Musk. Check out the rest of the interview at youtube.com slash Monroe Live. That's M-U-N-R-O-L-I-V-E. Time for the rest of the Tesla news here. Next up, Tesla will indeed officially recall the cars with the old EMMC memory unit, the failing memory chip, uh, which affects, as Daisy the Boxer drinks up behind me, which affects roughly 135,000 Model S and X made prior to March of 2018. Basically, all of the MCU-1 cars before Tesla switched the S's and X's over to the MCU-2, which happened a good bit after MCU-2 started rolling out in the Model 3. Here is the official NHTSA statement, or at least an excerpt from it. They list problem description. Tesla is recalling certain 2012 to 2018 Model S and 2016 to 2018 Model X vehicles with a center display equipped with an NVIDIA Tegra 3 processor. When the 8GB EMMC NAND flash memory device for the center display reaches lifetime wear, 
the EMMC controller will no longer be able to maintain the integrity of the file system, causing a failure in some of the center display functions. Consequence. The EMMC controller wearout condition can cause the loss of the rear view camera display, defrost defog control settings, and exterior turn signal lighting, reducing visibility and increasing the risk of a crash. And then, remedy. Tesla will notify owners and will replace the VCM daughter board with one containing an enhanced EMMC controller free of charge. The recall is expected to begin March 30th, 2021. Owners may contact Tesla customer service. I guess I'll give you the number anyway, just in case you need it, although Tesla should be reaching out to you. But 1-877-798-3752. Tesla's number for the recall is SB-21-21-001. Now, Tesla themselves put up a frequently asked questions page on this on their site, And it reads in part, the first part of the remedy is to ensure that customers install install software release 2020.48.12 or a newer release to address all potential safety concerns. The second part of the remedy is to proactively upgrade free of charge the available memory storage on your vehicle from 8 gigs to 64 gigs, end quote. So for those of you wondering, because I've I've actually gotten this question from a few people already in email, Uh, if you're wondering if you're going to get a free upgrade to the MCU 2 out of this, the answer is unfortunately no. Tesla saying in that FAQ, quote, installation of a 64 gigabyte EMMC retains the vehicle's NVIDIA Tegra infotainment processor. This is the only service procedure covered as part of this recall and is separate from the infotainment upgrade. The infotainment upgrade converts the infotainment processor to Intel Atom and involves the replacement of other components. And as I said a moment ago, no need to reach out to Tesla on this. If you are affected by this recall, you'll be getting an email about it very soon from Tesla if you have not received one already. Well, the thing I wanted to mention about this is, is I think it is a shame that it took the government stepping in to get Tesla to take action on this, but at least it's happening. Also, I will take this opportunity to repeat my recommendation. If you plan on keeping your car for a good amount of time, I do still highly recommend the now $1,500 MCU2 upgrade if you can budget it. It's still a lot of money, but it's a, it's a lot less money than the $2,500 that Tesla was charging for it not too long ago. I mean, it really will have a very positive effect on the daily usability of your car, in my opinion, because I've driven both an MCU1 car, my cousin Pat's Model S that I t- told you about earlier in the podcast, and my car, a 2018 Model 3, and the difference is, is pretty substantial between the two uh, MCUs. Uh, while we're still on the subject of the not the best news this week, some more disappointing news I have to pass along, the long-range rear-wheel drive Model Y is officially not happening, but there's a small silver lining for those of you with reservations, and I guess technically their orders for that car made as early as, uh, what, thir- 23 months ago, March of 20 of 2019, when the car was unveiled. This comes via Tesla Roddy, who notes, 
Teslarati readers indicate that Tesla is reaching out to them to make them aware of the cancellation. Instead of canceling their orders altogether, sales advisors are encouraging owners to choose either the standard range rear-wheel drive Model Y or the long-range all-wheel drive configurations of the all-electric crossover. These two builds are the closest to the long-range rear-wheel drive variant of the Y. Uh, the, the email reads in part, quote, below is the configuration and price breakdown of the currently available long-range all-wheel drive Model Y and standard range rear-wheel drive Model Y. And then, uh, so Teslarati notes here, they reached out to a Tesla showroom for comment and a sales advisor did confirm that the long range rear wheel drive Model Y would not be built at any point and the company is contacting reservation holders to revise those reservations or of course cancel them if you so choose. Additionally though, here's the silver lining I was telling you about. Tesla is honoring the full self-driving suite's price when the reservation holder ordered the car. The full self-driving suite currently, of course, sits at 10 grand, but has undergone several price increases over uh, the past couple of years since the Model Y was first unveiled. So uh, in short, $7,000 is what some of you Model Y reservation holders have that uh, guaranteed for should you proceed with your order. So that's three grand. It's not nothing, but it's also not the car you were hoping for. So, uh, you know, it, at least Tesla will give you a you know, sort of a $3,000 discount on on that full self-driving package to those of you who did have FSD selected in your original Model Y or, uh, order. Now, the standard range Y, I would imagine, will not be what most of you who were hoping for the long-range rear-wheel drive Y are looking for. And I guess the way you could look at it is that $3,000 discount of sorts knocks the base price of a Model Y long range with full self-driving down to 55,490 instead of 58,490. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what a long range rear wheel drive Y would have cost had Tesla gone ahead and offered it, but at least that 3,000 is something. And if you were waiting for this, if you're one of those people, I would love to hear from you either via email or the Ride the Lightning hotline to hear your opinion on this uh, olive branch of sorts that Tesla ex is extending here and whether or not you still intend to order a Y, and if so, which one you're going to go ahead and choose. A couple more things this week. First, if you have the 18-inch aero wheels on your Model 3, you now have a new aesthetic option for your wheels. The aero wheel cap kit has been revised to look a bit more, I guess, finished might be the, the best word. If you want to, and I'm talking about if you want to run the car without the aero caps on the wheels. If you want to take those off and, you know, there's, the, there's just the wheel, the actual wheels underneath, there's the, uh, the kit for that now, which you can see and order on shop.tesla.com. Instead of just the, Tesla T-Logo wheel cap kit for under that wheel. What you now get is a black T-Logo hub that covers not just the center wheel cap, but also all five of the lug nuts as well. If you're having trouble picturing this, it's extremely similar to the, to the black hub that's, uh, the, you know, the black T-Logo hub that goes on the center 
of the Model 3 sport wheels, you know, the the 19-inch or 20-inch sport wheels. So it's that same kind of thing. They did also up the price on this compared to the old kit. This new one is $60. The old one was, I believe, $50. Now, on the shop.tesla.com site, they unfortunately only show a close-up of the wheel on there. I kind of want to see what this looks like with the full context of the car before I pass judgment on on whether, you know, what I think of it. I will say, just based on that zoomed-in shot of the wheel, I personally don't love it at first glance, but take a look on there and see what you think, judge, for yourself. Finally this week, loyal listener of this podcast and noted uh, eagle-eyed Tesla spy, the kilowatts, as he goes by, he recently, just this past week, caught another interesting view out on the roads. This is the same person who spied what uh, certainly proved to be the Model S refresh, the Plaid, uh, and now the kilowatts has spied a brand new Tesla Semi, whether it's a prototype or release candidate, whatever it is. You can see the pictures for yourself on his Twitter, which is at KLWTTS on Twitter, basically the word kilowatts without any vowels. You can see those pictures. So it's white and you can see that it's paint. It's not a wrap like the the matte red wrapped one that has been seen a lot over the past couple of years because that was actually the first thing I went looking for because the immediate community reaction was, oh, it's brand new. And then I thought, well, wait a second. Let's take a close look at this and make sure they haven't just rewrapped the same one in in a white (laughs) rather. But no, it is definitely new. And you can tell that it's new because it has a primarily the big thing, different door handles on it. They're not using Model 3 door handles anymore like they did on the original two prototypes that we've seen time and time again. Now, it does, if you're curious, still have side view wing mirrors. The orig- now, the original silver prototype didn't when they unveiled it, but as you well know, for now, it's still not legal in the United States to have a vehicle with cameras in place of the side view mirrors. So this new prototype that was being, it was actually being trailered. It was being transported itself. I'm not sure where, but it was uh, it was on the back of a, of a flatbed and it's got side view mirrors. So we know from the earnings call last week that the Tesla Semi is finally due to start delivering this fall. And Tesla had previously said that they'd be their own first customer in order to help dial in the truck before delivering it to the various mega corporation buyers that they have lined up. And this new white model, as I said, it could be a release candidate. It could just be a revised alpha prototype. Not quite sure, but, uh, you know, we, it, Tesla, it wouldn't be the first time that they would be seen driving release candidates shortly before a car goes into production out on the roads. They did it with the S, they did it with the X, they did it with the three, and yes, they did it with the Y as well. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me right around the corner here, right after this short little break, is my interview with Marquez Brownlee. So stay tuned for that right after this. (music) 
Before I continue with the podcast, let me tell you about the new Model Y all-weather floor mats from 3D Max Spider available on the Teslarati Marketplace. I know there are a lot of new Model Y owners out there and I cannot recommend these floor mats enough. 3D Max Spider has earned one of the best reputations out there and for good reason. These mats have an ultra premium look, feel, and precision fit to match your Model Y. They're made using a premium textured top layer that keeps mud, water, and melted snow from skidding around the car and making a scratchy sound while it's moving. And the mats themselves won't slide around in the car either, they stay put. Finally, the triple layer material is of such a quality that you do not have to worry about them warping or losing their shape over time. 3D Max Spider has been in the Tesla floor mat game since the early Model S days, and I cannot recommend them enough. Get them for your Model Y at shop.teslarati.com RTL. That's shop.teslarati.com RTL. My guest this week, you know him. He is the top tech YouTuber on the planet, Marquez Brownlee. 13 million plus subscribers on YouTube, 5 million Twitter followers, and a listener of this podcast, uh, Marquez, thanks so much for coming on. Man, thanks for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, the first time somebody sent me a screenshot of of a of a phone in one of your videos that had <laughs> had this podcast logo on it, I was like, wait a second, what is that doing there? But no, I appreciate you listening, and I know you love Tesla, and and that's why I thought it'd be fun to fun to chat. And and I want to start with your Tesla origin story, because I actually don't sure. know it. I'm curious, how did you come to be aware of Tesla and take interest in them? Mm, okay. Uh, so, I, I mean, I've always been into the idea of what they're doing, the electric cars and the performance, but I never had any means to get one, obviously. Uh, so I, I was in college. I got a, I got a, I think it was a Camry hybrid, something like that. Yeah. Long road trips, ultimate Frisbee stuff, lots of road, you know, you know, practicality was a big factor then, obviously. Sure. Um, but in the back of my mind, I've always seen what Tesla's doing. I think Model S, I didn't really pay much attention in the Roadster days, but Model S got my attention and I was really, really interested. And the first time I ever got to sit in a Tesla and make a video about one was right around 2015. Uh, it was right around P85 plus days. Right. And so I did a little video of my top five favorite Tesla Model S features. Uh, but that was my first experience actually getting to test drive one. And if you know anything about a, a Tesla test drive, it was that exact moment <laughs> yep. that I became hyper focused on eventually getting one. It, it was yeah. like a, it's like a curse. Anyone who's ever yep. test driven one has uh, experienced this in some in some way. So yeah, I guess since then it was always my my goal to see if I could get a Tesla and drive it, and it has not let me down as a product. That's like ultimately what I'm most interested in, and it's a great product. Yeah. So is you have a P100D? Is that correct, Model S? Uh, I guess technically it's a performance Model S now, but my first was the P100D. Yeah. Okay. And and when so when did you actually uh, get that? How long have you had? How long have you been an actual Tesla owner now? I believe 2016. So okay. it's been this would be like year five of only electric. Yeah, half decade. That's a, it's a good start under your belt. Yeah. Now. You went. Uh, you had the opportunity to interview Elon and and go on a uh, private factory tour with him, which of course is is up on your channel. People can watch that now. YouTube.com/slash/mkbhd. And uh, having been lucky enough to have a similar experience with Elon, uh, just not at the factory. I'm I'm curious when when you go to do something like that with a guy like Elon, 
Was that a fun day for you or is it more stressful <laughs> because you just know you've kind of got one shot, it's a rare opportunity? That's a really good question. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I say that because, you know, we obviously have the on-camera time and we are pretty focused and I had all my research and the questions I wanted to ask and the, the parts of the factory we'd talk about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, even before the cameras were on, like Elon walks in, we're like nerding out about the cameras and the stabilization gear that we're going to use to shoot the factory tour walking around. Like he's obviously a nerd already, so it was kind right. of easy to, to be comfortable and just have fun with the day. Uh, so yeah, the whole trip, I, th I think it was fun. I think, yeah, I could say we did have a lot of fun. And especially once we were done shooting and, you know, got to, to, you know, import all the footage, everything was set and the work was over. Then we right. got to sort of look back at the day we just had, like, actually that was, that was pretty sick. <laughs> now you've also interviewed among others, Bill Gates and Barack Obama. Are there at this point, are there any names left on your wish list? Uh, you know what? There is a lot. It, I kind of got thrown right into the fire as far as interviews. <laughs> like I was, I was never an interviewer. I, I've been making videos about tech stuff, but yeah, uh, I find it really fascinating to talk to people who have an interesting perspective on the tech world. And of course, who has a more unique perspective than you know a president or a, a CEO or someone sure. who's in the weeds on that stuff? But I think there's a lot more people. There's I, I bring up names all the time, like. And, you know, the, the Boston Dynamics founders or the Mark yeah. Cubans of the world, people who, who are involved with multiple tech companies who have, like, you know, huge future-facing vision, that's, that's really interesting to me. So they might not be, like, the household name like you just brought up, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of fun interviews to be had. Now, you've earned, and I, I emphasize the word earned, a very large following. I mean, your videos are not only just excellently written, but they're so beautifully shot. That might be the, the number one thing that I think is obvious when you look at a, a, an MKBHD video. Do you, now, when you do talk about Tesla and EVs on your channel, do you feel any kind of like added responsibility to help kind of educate people and make sure you're, you're getting everything right? Because, you know, your voice carries a lot of weight for people at this point. Yeah. Oh, first of all, thank you. Uh, we, we do put a lot of effort into the videos. Uh, no, I, I do. I think, you know, even from all the rest of the tech videos of products and, and new technologies and things like that, there is an element of education to it when part of the audience is new and hasn't really, you know, experienced these types of operating systems or these types of gadgets before. So electric cars is another big one where, you know, I find myself having all kinds of conversations of, you know, parking the car on the parking lot, walking up to the building, and someone goes, "Hey, how far does that go on a charge? Right. Like, where do you where do you charge that thing? Like, those are real conversations you have all the time." And so, I find myself trying to translate those FAQs into videos. Of you know, if someone watches the video, they get as much information as possible out of it. Uh, but yeah, EVs, I I see them as the future of cars, and I'm really excited for them. And I think that's why I've put a lot of my focus and attention into the you know exploring that world of evs we got some really good stuff coming up this year too now it's interesting you say that because like i i'm here in san francisco i'm in, i'm in the the absolute like ground zero tesla bubble capital and of the that world. never happens to me anymore i think it's which is kind of a good thing in that everybody around here really knows the deal but like I, it, it's always interesting to me to hear about the, the non Tesla headquarters regions of the country where where it is still there is still that uh, that that customer education going on um, now have have you had people try to race you in your in your model S performance <laughs> like take you off the line 
undefeated in stoplight races. That is <laughs> that is definitely still undefeated record. Uh, no, it is kind of interesting. Yeah, you're right. The the number of Teslas I've seen has slowly gone up out here over the years. I've even seen some i threes, and there are there are charging stations at our studio now. So there's a lot of plug in hybrids that I just kind of yeah. take note of. There's a sweet black Taycan that's here every day. Um, now you had a chance I, to drive that car. I, I watched that video and. Oh, yeah. uh, that that seemed like an impressive machine. That's the one EV that I that I'm really wanting to drive. As as a Tesla owner who's super happy with what Tesla's doing and my Model Three performance, that car uh, seems just incredibly impressive. I mean, it's got a price tag to match, but you seemed very impressed by that car as well. Yeah, that car you really don't see it much, but that that car is really well done and impressed me as a performance Model S driver. You know, a lot of people say that. Uh, Plaid Model S is sort of responding to the Lucids of the world. Uh, I really think this was a response to the the Taycan. Like the Taycan's performance, the Taycan's driving, the agility of it, the way it feels, handles, and steers is is remarkable. So I was very impressed by it. Um, I I was saying like if I could sort of fuse as a hybrid a Taycan and a Model S performance, I would. That would that would be the ultimate. Now, speaking of, of you being undefeated in, in uh, drag races off the line, now, and, and, and the fact that you said that uh, your daily interactions with people have inspired videos, I'm curious if, if uh, those sorts of things were the inspiration for your fan-made Tesla commercial. In, in 2017, if people uh, maybe are newer to Tesla, you know, Tesla, most I think people know, or at least listeners of this podcast know, that Tesla doesn't do traditional advertising, but... In 2017, they held a competition where anybody in the community, any fan, could make their own Tesla commercial, and then they'd be voted on. And uh, and I don't know what the prize is. I guess you can tell me if there was one. But uh, you won, uh, and you and yours was themed on, you know, basically blowing away a supercar in your in your <laughs> somewhat unassuming sedan. I mean, it was an excellent video. Obviously, like everything else you do, it's brilliantly shot. Uh, the 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 way it sort of the pacing of it was really good and. And so I'm curious, how did that come together, that that commercial that you did? And, and uh, did you have any other ideas you were strongly considering before you went with what you did? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. There was a good, a good story behind that, which is, you know, this Project Love Day competition gets announced. And it's kind of, I think if I remember correctly, it was kind of heading into winter. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cold out here in the Northeast. You don't always get nice weather to, like, go out and shoot car videos when it's 35 yeah. degrees. So... We kind of looked at the idea and we said, oh, that's super cool. We should make something. But this whole week's supposed to be raining and freezing and cold. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll get back to it. And we just kind of put it on the back burner and honestly forgot about it. Uh, then it kind of comes back up in the studio again a week later. The weather's starting to get kind of nice. But then we had other stuff to do. And the deadline was coming up too fast for us to do something good that we really wanted to be proud of, like with every other video. So we scrapped it and we weren't going to make hmm. one. And then it was... The deadline was extended, so almost like fate. They they yeah. saw that, you know, they wanted to encourage a few more entries, and of course, this is all public. You could go on YouTube and watch other entries. Oh yeah. And so yeah, so the so the deadline was extended, and when I saw that headline and I started watching other videos, I was like, guys, we got to make one. Like, there's no way we don't make one of these, you know, quick thirty second videos. Go all out, have a lot of fun with it. And so that's what we did. We rented a supercar. We rented a Lamborghini had one of my friends drive it, you know, and you know, had a, a bit of a grocery shopping run before putting some stuff in the trunk and then casually just 
flooring it off the line against a, <laughs> a Mercy Lago. Like that was, it was fun. It was a great fun day of shooting. And uh, we did happen to win. The prize, I guess, is just having that shout out, you know, on stage. Yeah. There, wasn't really, there wasn't really any other physical prize, but I think that was just a, the amount of fun we had conveying just the shocking experience of seeing a 5,000 pound family sedan rocket <laughs> off the line uh, is, uh, it's always going to be fun. Uh, now, obviously your background is tech, your, your work is tech, and, and Tesla seems to have broken through as, as what I would argue is probably the first car company that's also a tech company. And, and as a result of that, I certainly feel like it's, it's turned a lot of tech people into car people in a way that those people never were before. So for you, were you a car guy before Tesla ever came around? And, and I'm also curious, do you think other legacy auto manufacturers can can pull that trick off too? Or or did Tesla do it because this that's just who they were from day one? Yeah, I think it's the last thing. So yeah, it's a really good point that I, I was not a car person before, you know, the Model S caught my eye as a really high-tech car. Yeah. But I think fundamentally, I've heard like different versions of this question too. Like, why does every YouTuber want a Tesla? Like, what is it about the Tesla that's got everyone's attention? And I think fundamentally, it's just a great product. And I said this in a recent video, or maybe it was a podcast of my own, but that the Tesla Model S or Model 3, depends on how you draw it up, uh, is the best daily driver possible that available right now. It's right. just, it's got all the, all the storage, all the performance, all the safety you could want. Everything is there. And it's, it's just so well put together as a, as a tech product, all the software, all the autopilot they're working on. There's no one other car that combines all of those things so well. So I think it's just, that's the core thing. It's a really great product. And to your question about other legacy manufacturers, I think it's going to be really tough for an old established name without some pretty dramatically improved products to have that same impact. Um, you know, there's lots of great sentiment about BMW and Mercedes and Lexus and Audi and whoever it is, but uh, their products have to actually measure up. So that's the that's the big challenge for them. Have you had a chance to experience the uh, city streets full self driving beta? I would have thought, given how you know how visible and prominent you are in the in the tech space, that <laughs> they would have added you right away to that to that limited beta that's going on. Yeah, I, I haven't experienced the full the full on beta yet, so I, I just have my my classic autopilot stuff happening. Uh, but I am very interested. I do think I will be testing it when given the chance because I am you know right next to a city, so <laughs> I'll have plenty of. Uh, variables to test it with but yeah i'm i'm super interested in it yeah same i i i am eager to throw it at san francisco and see if san francisco defeats it or not i uh, that's going to be a uh, quite the acid test as i'm sure new york would be too uh now you made a video very recently in your reactions to the redesigned snx with the plaid uh, and and the new SNX are definitely a, a step forward in in the tech department. You've got the yoke steering, it's with and that wheel's got what might be capacitive touch buttons on it. Uh, it's got the AI that's gonna you know auto shift for you. It's got the mm. 10 teraflop MCU three system for dual screen gaming in the car. So as a Model S owner yourself, I'm curious how how do you feel about the interior refresh specifically? And after all these years of mostly the same interior, is there any tech that you wanted to see go into a redesigned interior that, that Tesla did not do? 
Yeah, okay. So this is, I've been juggling this with myself. I really don't want to convince myself to buy it. I'm, I love my car. I've had it for like literally barely two years. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. It's everything I wanted. But this new interior refresh is a great improvement in a lot of, a lot of small ways that add up to a great upgrade. Um, I think if we just look at like this, the horizontal screen, if we just look at the, the steering wheel and those like dual screen, the, the second screen in the back, all that sort of stuff, it's nice, but it's not needed uh, as far as like the car I bought is still great. Right. But you also add in the faster charging. You also add in, you know, the black trim and the slightly improved outside. You also add in the 520 mile range of Plaid Plus. You also add in the faster zero to 60. And suddenly there's so many things that they've all put together that add up to like a, a significantly new car, which is why, you know, we're really calling it a refresh. It's like new enough that they got rid of old inventory for it. So uh, I I really like it. And I'm, I'm really trying super hard to be patient and wait for Roadster because I know that's <laughs> really what I want. But uh, yeah, they, they've done a lot of great stuff. It, it, so is there any interior, is there any tech in the new interior that that's not there that you were that you really think should have been in there or that you would have wanted to see that maybe another car company's doing or, or anything like that? Uh, no, honestly, I, I was just looking forward to getting to the level of Model 3, which is I love yeah. the placement of the wireless chargers right under the screen there. Yes. Um, in Model S, it's like kind of down underneath the armrest. So I put it there and it charges my phone, but then I can't really see the screen as well. Right. So I love the new location of the wireless chargers. I think the, the, the tilt of that screen that they mentioned in the text is going to be really interesting to see because it looks flat like Model 3. Right. But in Model S, it tilts towards you. So allegedly, you'll be able to tilt the screen towards you like that. Um, I mean, they went above and beyond everything I was hoping for. I haven't really like had anything on my wish list that they didn't actually tackle. So uh, you mentioned the Taycan. You'd done a video with that. And is do you and do you feel like Plaid and, and Plaid Plus is enough here to to keep Tesla ahead of the pack? Since since you were, as you said, very tempted by the Taycan is. Does does the Plaid Plus put a little more distance in your mind between uh, between the Taycan and and Tesla? Yeah, and I I would say yes, just because it's a little bit more than just the numbers. Like the yes, yeah. they did improve the zero to sixty, but it's also the range you get, the supercharging network. I don't think they're going to match Porsche's interior quality or handling, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I think when you overall consider it's like half the price for an equivalent car and all the other features they offer that Porsche doesn't, I think they have done enough to put themselves out in front, at least for, at least for consideration. Like right. if, if anyone's cross shopping the Taycan and the highest on Model S, they'll have a good reason to pick the Model S. It's true. So uh, you mentioned the Roadster a few minutes ago. What are you hoping for out of that car tech-wise? I know you've been following the progress of it closely. You've, you've tweeted Elon about it a few times as I have. Uh, I think he had gotten back to one of your tweets, something about the SpaceX package. So, you know, what, what are you looking for out of it tech-wise now that it's, I mean, we know about it, but at the same point, it's been on the shelf for so long that it's, it's probably going to be a different animal in some way, shape, or form when we see it again. Yeah, it's like every time I hear about that car, there's a new tease about, oh, it'll be even better. It'll be even better than what they announced. <laughs> so, uh, look, I, I am expecting that to be the fun car which is like, it's the cherry on top, it's the icing on the cake. It doesn't necessarily have to be practical, but that's gonna be the car that has the best numbers and that can do repeat launches and that can go around a track with the yeah. best thermal performance. Uh, to me, my question is, uh, 
do they have to introduce like gearing or anything special in addition to the stuff they've already done with Plaid Plus Model S to achieve those numbers? Because there's still crazy numbers, like 250 miles an hour on street right. tires sounds crazy. But in general, I think if uh, if they put out the car they promised in 2018, I guess it was, 2017 maybe? 2017. Uh, if they put out the car they promised, that's already an incredible car. But knowing Tesla, knowing how long it's been, and knowing their tendency to at least deliver what they promised, even if they're not on time, I feel like it might be even better. And that's that's not even considering the SpaceX package, right. which sounds crazy. And every, every time it's described by anyone, it sounds crazy. But uh, I, I think even just the base car is going to be nuts. Yeah, because it seems like that the, the, the Model S, the Plaid S, has achieved everything uh, that the Roadster was originally going to do. You know, it's huge range, 520 miles, uh, 0 to 60 in under two seconds, top speed of 200 plus. So it's, where does the Roadster go from here? It's a, it's a fascinating yeah. question that we will probably find the answer to in, I don't know, maybe a year or so from now. Uh, now, let's see. Whenever, whenever I mentioned the, the full self-driving city streets beta a few minutes ago, whenever Tesla does roll that out to the entire fleet, I mean, we're on, we're on Elon time with it at this point, but is, do you feel like that, again, sort of tech-wise, with, with drawing in people that aren't car people, that are tech people, is that, is that full self-driving, do you think, going to open up an entire new market for Tesla? Maybe people that hadn't considered Tesla or hadn't quite thought enough of them to pull the trigger, but would do so happily for a car that can actually drive itself pretty reliably? Mm. Yeah, it's it's really just going to be about if they can if they can conceivably add value to people who didn't see value in it before. So there's a lot of value they already add with just switching to an electric car. They'll 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 give you all the the price the cost savings over gasoline. That's value added. Yeah. They'll give you the additional performance and fun agility of the car. That's value added. So they've already given you plenty of good reasons. Uh, the question is, does self driving add some sort of extra value that you didn't have in the car before? And I think a lot of that stuff is super forward-looking, like the the whole robo-taxi thing, the whole ride-sharing, you know, rent your car out when you're not driving it and it returns to your garage at the end of the day type stuff. Um, I think that is possibly considered significant enough added value to switch to that car, but that's, I don't think that's tomorrow. Like, I think, like you said, if we're on Elon time, like, that's in a couple of years, a little while before we really start to see that additional value uh, get added. But I, I mean, as of right now, it's still a cool feature. It's still one of the most high-tech things in any car anywhere, so that's cool. Yeah, but uh, I think if you're talking about you know unlocking new markets, that's like, well, who's going to buy it? Who's going to pay money for it? A couple more questions for you, and I'll let you go. What other EVs out there excite you, either, either current ones or upcoming ones, be, be it question. from Tesla or anyone else? Yeah, a lot of the most exciting ones are are coming from the high end. And I think that's kind of where it has to start. Like that's where Tesla started, but that's where you see like the e-tron, that's where you see the Taycan's coming from. I am testing uh, a car called the Polestar 2 from Volvo Group. That'll be I just saw one on the road yesterday. Yeah, it, really? they're nice looking. Yeah, they look solid. So I'm 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 interested in giving them a shot. Anytime I see something electric that's actually being driven on the road, I'm like, "Oh, okay. People are people are spending money on this." So it's it's out there. Um, Volkswagen's ID4 is another one. I think I want to give another shot. I briefly test drove it, but I want to like put it through its paces. Um, 
so yeah, there's a lot of you know interesting stuff sort of bubbling up in the like sixty to ninety thousand dollar range. That obviously isn't going to be for the everyday person right at first, but that's where it starts, and then the tech comes down and ends up being in more places. So uh, I plan on making videos about as many of these experiences as I can. Now, where do you fall on uh, on the Cybertruck? How did you feel about it when it when you first saw it? How do you <laughs> feel about it now? I'm wondering if you kind of went through that same experience that me and yep. a lot of other people did of, of kind of being a little recoiled in horror at first before really coming around to it and... And is that, you know, the, the mean potholed streets of New Jersey, is the Cybertruck a temptation for you? Exactly. That is a great, I, I, I've come full circle, like really, truly full circle. So I was at the event, I, I watched the unveil on stage, and uh, my initial response was, oh, wow. Well, I knew I wasn't going to get one, and now that yeah. I see it, I'm definitely not going to get one. <laughs> but, you know, this is cool. I'll, I'll hang around. Um, I do you know, attend the little test drive and I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with their performance and I, I'm seeing it on the street and I'm still not ordering one. I go back to my hotel, I make a video about it. I fly home, I still don't order one. And then, you know, it kind of weighs on me a little bit. You know, oh, we are looking to get a camera car and we've tried shooting out the side of like a minivan with the sliding door. Right. We've tried shooting out the back of a hatchback. But like a Cybertruck is kind of all of the best of. It's silent, so it's a great camera car for making up other cars. Mm-hmm. It's it's high performance. It's going to be faster than anything else we're making a video about, so that's useful. Uh, it's got the clearance. It's got the bed with outlets in it for charging camera batteries. You can hang out the side. You know this. You know what? Okay, I ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered one, and I start. I really started looking forward to it. And to your point, with these pothole-ridden New Jersey streets, um, today or literally last night was the first time. I was unable to pull my car into my own driveway because the snow and packed ice was too slippery. And I really thought to myself, if the Cybertruck was out right now, that would be pretty sick. There's two feet of snow on the ground. I could use a Cybertruck. So I've really come full circle to now like being anxiously waiting for this car. Oh man, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't know how Elon and Franz did that because they, it was like a magic trick on, on all of us where, I was standing to the right of the stage, so closest to where the the truck actually rolled out from the side when they they drove it on the stage. And I was just, I was horrified at first. I said it on the podcast. (laughs) But like you, it's just, it's, you start thinking about it from the, the, really the the function wins, wins over the form, doesn't it? I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's like lots of little things where at first the aesthetic is a little bit jarring. And then they kind of go into all the things it's good at and the range. And you're like, okay, well, I guess you kind of do want a truck to be extremely durable. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and like I said, all the all the camera car functions that we were looking at is literally a, a business purchase. Like it, it just right. made a lot more sense when we actually rationally considered it. So I, you know, I don't know if the if the design was literally ugly by design. I'm sure they want people to like the design. But it, it sort of turned out that way. Like, they made a good enough product for us to literally ignore how crazy it looks. I mean, it's going to be wild to see that thing on the street. Yeah, I'm going uh, to guess a full matte black wrap for your Cybertruck. Absolutely. Can't have those reflections, you know, in the car videos. You got <laughs> to wrap the thing. Function. Matte black everything for Marquez. Exactly. Absolutely. That's, that's, the, that's the motto. Uh, all right, last question for you, and I'll let you go here. Tesla in five years, from your perspective, 2026... What does Tesla look like in five years from now? Mm, five years. So I've always thought of Tesla as not just a tech company, but an entire energy 
shifting company in general, an energy company. They do yeah. the cars, but they do the batteries and they do the drivetrain really well. And I think there's a world where Tesla starts doing more than just their own cars and charging network, but they can start to make and contribute for other car manufacturers and actually work with them. Uh, I don't even know if this is a direction they want to go, but I've always found this idea really fascinating. Like, what if you combine all the best things about, you know, take your favorite in Mercedes interior yeah. and have them collaborate with Tesla and Tesla makes your battery pack and your drivetrain and gives you 450 miles of range. And suddenly you have an incredible vehicle like that people would really buy for like 150 grand. Um, and maybe even you bring that down in price to like the thirty, forty thousand dollars cars because you have Model 3's drivetrain. That's just something I've thought a little bit about. I don't know if that's a five years out thing, but I feel like Tesla has at least that opportunity in front of them. And I'd be super curious if that's something, you know, Elons of the world are thinking about. Well, that is how they got their start. They'd become in full circle. You know, they did, uh, they had, a, I guess, yeah, because you said you were, you kind of came onto the scene in the Model S days. Before the Roadster, before they made their own car, they had a deal with uh, Daimler. They put in their drivetrains in in little smart cars in Europe, right. only in Europe. And then they had the Toyota RAV4 EV that had Tesla guts in it. So, yeah, they're they're clearly not opposed to it. Yeah, I'd be super interested. I think that could be a fun path for the next couple of years. Marquez Brownlee, a.k.a. MKBHD. You can find him on YouTube.com slash MKBHD. Marquez, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me on the podcast. I am a weekly listener, and I feel like anytime anyone's just getting into that sort of Tesla enthusiasm where they want to keep track of the newest developments for EVs, I recommend this podcast. So uh, thanks for doing it. That's very kind words. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did, because I'll tell you, I've actually bumped into Marquez at a couple of Tesla events, but I, that's the first time I've ever actually had a conversation with him. So really fun to talk about Tesla and tech with Marquez. And uh, what else is going on? Well, with my car, it is filthy. I'll be washing it this weekend. By the time you hear this, that is my plan for the weekend. It always... It, for me, it's always cathartic to clean the car because when I'm done, it just I feel so good about it. So looking forward to that. Hey, uh, suggestion for a TV show, as I like to do here as the quarantine rolls on. If you're looking for something interesting to watch, if you're not already checking out WandaVision on Disney Plus, it is one of the most interesting shows. It's it's very strange. And I mean that in the very best of ways. The first couple episodes, you think, well, wait a second. OK, is this just a you know, sort of a parody of, of old, you know, various styles of, of sitcom, like, and then it becomes apparent that there's more going on. Pretty fun show. I mean, I'm not crazy uh, invested in the MCU. I mean, I've seen most of the movies, but um, this is, yeah, it's pretty cool. So give it a watch if you're, if you're interested in uh, some, finding something new to check out on TV. All right, pro tip of the week time. This is the part of the show where if you've got something interesting that you've learned about your car, that you wanted to share with your fellow listeners that's maybe not obvious, not covered in the owner's manual, this is the place to do it. Here is Christian from Orange County. Hey, Ryan. Christian from Orange County here. I'm not sure if this tip has been mentioned before, but uh, my family and I were at a drive-in style Christmas show last month, and I was having the most difficult time figuring out how to turn off my headlights while I was parked and still in the car. 
it was dark out and my lights being on were not good etiquette for this scenario. Now, granted, the lights, they do turn off eventually, I've found out, um, but it takes a while and I needed a faster solution and the in-car menu was no help to me. So I resorted to a frantic Google search and stumbled upon a post, and I don't remember who or where it was from. It was um, a month ago, but um, I did come up, uh, upon a post saying to open and close the charge port door, and it worked perfectly. So I wanted to pass it along to your listeners who may have a use for that sometime while they're parked at night and they want to turn their lights off while they're still in the car. Hit the open um, charge port, your lights will turn off, and you can close the charge port, and they'll stay off. Thanks for all you do. Hey, Christian, thanks so much for calling in. I have to confess, I've never even thought about this, as I imagine the use cases for it would be relatively rare, but you've just given a very good use case for it. And as such, this definitely counts as a pro tip in uh, in, in the event that myself or, or fellow listeners ever find themselves in a similar situation, or you know maybe trying to duck down an alleyway to hide from police pursuit or something. Kidding, kidding, of course. Thank you very much for this. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip that they'd like to share with the Ride the Lightning audience, you can call in in the same way that you send in a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call. I gave you that information at the very top of the podcast this week. And with that, time to hit the road here. But before I do, I wanted to mention some friends of the podcast. First, abstractocean.com. They've got a listener discount for you of 15%. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. It's all one word, RTLPODCAST. Whether you're picking up a tempered glass screen protector, one of the new rear footwell lighting kits for one of the cars, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, the the cool TESLA lettering to uh, put on the back of your car, kind of like the Roadster has, etc., etc. They've also got a million great lighting kits, interior uh, and, and exterior lighting kits for the car. Uh, as well as the center console vinyl wraps. Tons of stuff on abstractocean.com. Check it out. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs because it's uh, it's a micro SD-based kit that will not wear out on you the way that USB flash memory will do. So, It's free shipping anywhere in the United States or a modest fee to ship worldwide. It's $49 for the 128GB kit, which is what I'm using, or $69 for the 256GB kit. Go again to puretesla.com slash RTL if you're interested with that. Interested in that, I should say. Meanwhile, Jada has uh, an excellent line of products, notably the wireless charging pad for the Model 3s, as well as the USB hub for the 3s and the Ys. Use the coupon code RIDETHELIGHTNING, again, all one word, RIDETHELIGHTNING, for a discount there of 10 bucks to get your wireless charging pad and or USB hub. Please use my referral link. I humbly request that. It's getjada.com slash R-E-F slash 8, and Jada spelled J E. DA. If you and or your car are going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area and you would love to have the attention of a professional detailer, abst- excuse me, Immaculate Reflections has you covered. Uh, Jeff is just a great person and an even more talented detailer. He's done uh, miracles on my car with paint correction, paint protection film, and ceramic coating. 
You can get any of that. You can get all of that. Whatever you want to do, Immaculate Reflections, I guarantee the car will come back into your possession when he's done with it, looking even better than it already does. So check them out, irdetailing.com. That's the website. You can go to find out more information to get scheduled in. And when you do get in contact with Jeff, make sure that you mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener because there's a discount waiting for you if you do. And I think, ah, the snap plate. I can't forget the snap plate. For any of the Teslas, you can get that at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds, but it snaps off on and off securely with an included tool. So uh, whether you want to take it off for car shows or to wash the car, put it on when you're parked at a parking meter, etc., etc., get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Finally, I wanted to mention my Patreon. I put a lot of time energy, research, love and enthusiasm into this podcast each and every week, which I'm very proud of. Uh, I do not miss weeks. You can go back. I've got the receipts to prove it. Uh, but anyway, if if this podcast is something that you have come to enjoy and come to uh, really uh, value as part of your Tesla experience on a weekly basis here, I would sincerely appreciate it if you might consider supporting my efforts, and you can do that on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The support tiers, each one has a bonus with it. You do get something, a little something out of it. Uh, the, the support tiers start at just five bucks a month. That'll get you early access to each week's episode. There are also uh, annual subscription options. If you'd l- just like to, to pledge to me once for a year, Uh, There is an option to do that, and in doing so, you get a 5% discount. So you could go monthly or do do an annual thing. But regardless, I would sincerely appreciate it if you might take a look at patreon.com slash Podcast and consider a pledge. That will about wrap it up. You can find this podcast on just about any major podcast service, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, tune in, which is, yes, in your car. You can get this podcast directly in your car. Spotify, same thing. You can get it uh, through the Spotify app in the Tesla. Or I'm also on YouTube just as audio only. There's no video to look at with that. But if you do want to listen on YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll see my channel pop right up there. Feel free to subscribe to that. And I think that will about do it. Other than saying hello and thank you, to the maximum plaid and plaid level Patreon supporters. That is one of the bonuses that each of each of those tiers gets is their shout out at the end of each week's show. So first, the maximum plaid crew, Pete White, Danny Nelson, Jonathan Wales, Fernando Cordero, Sean Neidig, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Jackson Wallace, Charles Galpin, Neil Weaver, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, and Brett Libano. A thank you all to the Maximum Plaid crew. And then on the Plaid side, thank you George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, 
Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Ron Lee, John Cody, pardon me, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Will Stedman, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Eric St. Pierre, the Tesla Owners Club East Bay, or I should say the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, let me get it right, Scott Gillis, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, uh, Mike and, and Mike and Barbara from Louisville. Thank you all very much for your continued support on Patreon. Well, Daisy the Boxer Puppy is very passed out, as she always is by the time I get through with the podcast. But hopefully you're not. Hopefully you haven't fallen asleep. But you know, if you have, I guess, hey, I won't take it as an insult. I'll, I'll, I'll flip it the other way. I'll say uh, I'm happy to help you get, get to sleep. <laughs> if I can be of service in any way. I will take it. So uh, thank you all very much for another week of excellent Tesla fun here on the podcast. This was episode 288 of Ride the Lightning. See you next week at the same time. Remember, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, that's when the new episodes drop. See you next time. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.